Welcome to Periop Talk, the perioperative-specific podcast where we discuss how to make surgery safer one podcast at a time. From Q&As with AORN guideline authors to interviews with OR nurses just like you, our goal is to always share practical information for you to take back to your OR. Hello and welcome. I'm Linda Groh, Executive Director and CEO of AORN. And the focus of our conversation today is to acknowledge National Timeout Day on June 8th and to identify why it is so important to make time for timeout. With me today is Lisa de Blasi Moorhead. Lisa has worked with the Joint Commission for the past 12 years, first as a surveyor in the hospital program, then as director of field operations for hospital, critical access facilities, and nursing care center accreditation programs, and now as the associate nurse executive. This work has offered her the opportunity to partner with more than 300 healthcare organizations in the evaluation of risk and the identification of opportunities for improvement. Lisa, I'm so pleased to talk with you about feedback from our perioperative nurses. I understand that there's been an increase in Sentinel events related to wrong surgeries being reported to the Joint Commission. Is that what you're seeing? Yes, Linda, it is. Unfortunately, uh, we did see an increase in Sentinel events reported to us around wrong surgery in 2021. In 2020, we had 68 wrong surgeries reported to the Joint Commission, but in 2021, we had 85. And you know, one event is too many. And when you consider these numbers and also consider that we estimate only 2% of sentinel events get reported to us at the Joint Commission, it's not required to report to us, those numbers uh, just are um, even more concerning. Well, we know that in many of our patient safety measures, support from leadership is absolutely mm -hmm. necessary for the processes to be enforced consistently. And equally important, the team members need to be accountable. What are you seeing in the field? Mm -hmm. Are the surgical team members engaged in the timeout? Are they consistently focused on the process? Linda, I would say that Majority of the time, yes. In 2020, we conducted at the Joint Commission 3,330 surveys across our hospital, critical access hospital, and ambulatory accreditation programs. And for those programs that provide surgery services, one in 10 had findings around the timeout process. And when you think about um, the, the timeout process, the risks that we identify, most of those risks were around members of the surgical or procedure teams not being, what I'll say, actively engaged in the timeout process. You know, they, they continue to do other uh, portions of their work while the timeout is going on. 
why we think it is important for, or why we know it is important for organizations to report Sentinel events to us at the Joint Commission is because when we get a Sentinel event, we work with organizations to identify those root causes. And then we share those root causes and lessons learned with others. And so we know that the most common root causes to failures within the timeout process first has to do with human factors because we all make mistakes. And you mentioned leaders. And so leadership's responsibility here is to create those systems and safeguards that will limit the potential for harm due to those human errors. So that's leadership's responsibility. Staff responsibility then is to follow those safeguards that have been put in place and to be accountable for following those, those systems so that we can limit harm. Another root cause, like the second most occurring root cause is specific to leadership. And where leadership's responsibility, of course, is to create those safeguards, but also to create a culture of safety and a reporting culture where staff have that psychological safety to report and speak up when they see risks. Because you want to know where the risks are within your systems before harm gets to a patient so that you can do something about it and fix it. And then communication, Linda, was the third most common uh, root cause of Sentinel events where there's breakdowns in communication. Uh, we are part of a team. Uh, no one person or no one member of the team can, can prevent all harm just by themselves because we all have different roles and different views and perspectives and education and training. And so communication is just critical uh, to preventing harm associated with wrong surgery. Well, those are some really significant uh, important areas that we can all look to and, and look at in terms of how we can improve our uh, timeout procedures. What about some of the really good examples, some best practices that you've seen in the field? I'm sure you've observed a lot of those also. Well, I, I have, Linda. I've had the benefit of working with so many organizations and observing so, so many great practices. And truly, most of our work at the Joint Commission is validating the good work that organizations do in taking care of their patients. Our standards really are considered minimal standards. And so when you look at what we require around timeout, it really is um, minimal. Uh, when you think timeouts need to happen immediately before the procedure, that timeout should be standardized involving the, the people that are involved in the procedure, that there is documentation of the timeout and that timeout is consistently conducted and includes at a minimum, patient identity, the correct site, the procedure to be done, you know, those three components really are um, the minimum of what we look for. But we see organizations taking that timeout and making it specific to their needs. I've seen timeouts in organizations, maybe their buildings uh, are a little older. And so they include in the timeout a check of temperature and humidity and airflow because that can be challenging in older buildings. I've seen timeouts um, include after the procedure, a debriefing. So I guess that's not really a timeout, but a debriefing after the procedure <laughs> where the, the 
the, the team talks about any unanticipated risks or events that occurred, any, any near misses, what they could do better in the future. But I have seen um, a couple of timeouts that I don't think I'll ever forget because they stood out to me as being exceptional. One was related to the consistency in the timeout, no matter where the procedure was occurring, the timeout happened the same way. It didn't matter if it was an orthopedic case, a scheduled C-section, uh, ECT, a procedure in interventional radiology, cath lab, it happened the same way. And a key component that I don't always see is that as the timeout began, the physician said to everyone part of the team said, you know, if you have questions or concerns now, during the procedure or afterwards, I want you to stop me and tell me what is concerning you about the patient because the patient's safety is our top priority. I had never seen that before um, in the timeout. It has stuck with me because it, it was an opportunity for the team to say, okay, this physician really wants to know if I have a concern or a worry about something. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was a surveyor on a survey and I saw a timeout, a component of the timeout that I had never seen before. And this was a, what the organization was calling a mindful moment. So at the start of the timeout, the physician said, all right, I want everybody to take a deep breath and I want us to all let the stress of the morning just go away. And I want us to remember why we're here. And I want us to pause and remember why we are here at this moment. We are here for this patient and this patient's care. And then there was a pause. You know, I, I, it might've been three to five seconds, but there was a definite pause where everyone was quiet. No one was doing anything other than centering themselves about the task at hand. And then after that pause, there was inter introductions with the role. And then the physician called on the circulating nurse to continue with the timeout. They went through their checklist. There was agreement to proceed. And then the physician said, okay, then let's proceed. But I had never seen this time, this, this mindful moment before. And in discussing it with the or other organization staff, they shared with me that this was something they implemented during the pandemic when they were all running ragged and so stressed and, and really felt like they needed to take a moment to really center and consider why they were there at that moment in time for this patient and get rid of the stress and the other distractions that could occur impacting patient safety. So in keeping with, with the theme of taking time for time out, I thought this example was just an exceptional example of doing that very thing. That is an outstanding example. And I think, especially where we are at right now with uh, mental health being so important uh, to the caregivers, we cannot overlook the human damage of a wrong site surgery. It's immeasurable. Patients are physically and emotionally scarred. The entire team is devastated. And we're only starting to recognize the extent of the second victim syndrome. 
that culture of safety that we can permeate and, and can consistently implement in the operating rooms is such an important factor uh, for the wrong site surgery. Lisa, I want to thank you for joining us today as we discussed wrong, wrong surgeries. As you indicated, there's been a significant uptick in wrong site surgeries. It is occurring 40 times a week or five times a day in the United States. We can reverse this trend toward a day when wrong site surgeries never happen. To get there, the surgical teams need to work together to reduce the risk of this catastrophic event, just as you indicated that the team did with the mindful pause. Making time for time out is not an option. It is our ethical responsibility as advocates for patient safety. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll share this podcast with your colleagues, and we hope that you'll join us next time for Periop Talk.